Hey there, welcome to the Pretty Little Tribe podcast, a space to talk about all things life, fertility, parenthood, and everything in between. My name is Elizabeth. I am an international fertility coach, ICF certified life coach, birth and bereavement doula, and new parent educator. Join us as we support the tribe throughout their journey from conception to bringing your new baby home and everything along the way. See you in the episode. Welcome back to the Pretty Little Tribe. I am so excited and interested to talk to Dr. Natasha Stamper today. Um, She's a clinical pharmacist and online fertility coach. The reason that this is so interesting is because for those of you that may or may not know, the world of fertility and pharmacy and the medication and all it's like this whole world in and of itself where people like exchange medications that they haven't used them all and all of this stuff so i'm really excited to get into this conversation um she found her love for all things fertility while living in a remote alaska village navigating her own ivf journey alone after many miscarriages two eptopic pregnancies and one cervical eptopic she had her own to miracle babies. Now with over 12 years of clinical pharmacy experience and her own experience experiences, she is so excited to be helping families all over the globe fulfill the dream of making the, their family complete. You can find her on Instagram at fertility underscore pharmacist or fertilitypharmacist.com. Welcome, Natasha. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for having me. Yes. So how did you, first of all, how did you get into clinical pharmacist to be a clinical pharmacy pharmacist sorry and focusing on fertility so i think i always was looking for something that i want like a passion you know something to do i've had this like terrible journey of infertility alone Mm. instagram wasn't huge then they didn't have all these support systems we have now um this was back in 2012 kind of when i accidentally got pregnant and we were so excited and then it wasn't um so i had a friend. She was my student in, um, I lived in Bethel, Alaska. It's a little village in Southwestern Alaska. There's no roads in or out. So there's only three flights a day. Actually, now they think there's only two flights a day, um, to get there. And my husband's a pharmacist too. So we went there and we were like, well, we need to pay our student loans and he loves hunting and fishing. And, but you know, what we found there was a great community and great people. And so it was a much more than just that, but, um, I had a student and she was, um, she had turned, you know, into a pharmacist and then she went into a clinical director role in Nome, Alaska, which is another village up North. And I one day got brave after my second embryo, I only had two embryos. I'll tell you first. And I have two daughters, which I'm so thankful for. That's pretty rare. So So those two embryos ended up being your two daughters that you have today. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Okay. So I just want to stop you in saying that because there are so many people out there that may be listening that feel so desperate that maybe they only have one embryo or they, you know, and they've done several rounds of IVF. And I know they hear it from me all the time, but you are another person of social evidence that it can happen, right? It can happen. So if you are those, one of those people that feels like you need to maybe do something else because you only have that one. Well, that one can be your baby. So don't give up hope on that. Yes, definitely. And I remember when I did get the call, we only had two good ones. My, I cried and my husband, I remember him saying like, what do you want a football team? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and we're older in our years. And so 
two is good for us, but, but yeah, I was worried because it's almost like insurance, right? In the bank. Well, we get so used to this attrition in fertility around the fact that you have to have so many banked because you think that it's not going to work. It's not going to be successful. And there's a lot of information online that says you have to have X amount in order to equate to a live birth. And that's really just not true. Um, again, I have a lot of clients that ha were one and done with that, you know, one magic embryo that they had. So um, I think that's where we get this idea of it's just not enough because we know that the, the rates of success mm -hmm. sometimes don't equate to that. Yeah, definitely. So at this point it was 2019. I hadn't shared my journey with anyone on social media, my close family, some knew my mom, of course, and my dad, um, but not much farther than that. My husband's very private. So I didn't, we didn't share a lot of our journey, which I think is kind of common. And so that's one of my missions too, is to bring men more into the topic. But um, I got brave and I was home learning my second new baby, my little Bristol. Her name is Bristol after the Bay in Alaska. And I was like, you know what? It's your one year transversary. We're going to put a picture up. And so I had a picture of her embryo and I put it on Facebook and this girl reached out to me that I knew years ago and said, Hey, my husband and I are going through this. Um, we live in Nome where we don't know how to do it. Like, can you help me? What did you do? And so I just like word, I got so excited. Like I was like, let's talk about this. Like I hadn't talked to anyone about it. And so I helped her. <clears throat> she was going to a different clinic in Seattle. And I, I told her the clinic I went to is Pacific Northwest fertility. Dr. Julie lamb was my doctor. She is amazing, especially in the world of egg freezing. She has an amazing book out there. Um, but I gave her all the information. I set her up with, you know, the nurses I worked with. I told her what pharmacies I use, because obviously we can't just have the medication shipped overnight there. There's no FedEx in the bush in Alaska. So I had to have them sent to the clinic and I had, I told her, well, you have to call these people and that people. And basically I just mapped out what I did for her. And now she has a little boy. I mean, this is a while ago. Yay. And so I, I don't know. I just, one day my husband, we were, he was getting ready for work and, you know, COVID happened and he didn't love his hospital job. He still is there. Unfortunately it's, it's hard. And I, I work for Indian health service still. I still work, you know, 40 hours a week at a day job, but I just love serving the people. I've learned so much from Indian health service. And, um, I work now for the Nez Perce tribe and I just get fulfilled from that. So I still do that too, but I missing patients with COVID. We couldn't counsel people weren't coming into our pharmacy. We have these um, young kids that they hired that would go out to people's cars, which I understand people are afraid. Um, and especially in the beginning of it all. And I just said, I miss talking to people. I miss counseling. I miss teaching. And so I had started with my second embryo getting into functional medicine because I knew my lining was a problem mm -hmm. and I had heard that that could help. And I kind of healed. I'm the worst pharmacist. I hate pills. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm all about like, let's, let's downsize on the pills. You yeah. Know? And so I always tell the story. I went into the room with a sweet little um, lady and she had a meprazole to the ceiling and she wasn't taking it, but we were still filling it every month for her. So things like that, you can just really make a difference in a person's life. And my husband, we were just talking and he was like, well, what about a fertility pharmacist? That's cool. And I was like, yeah, that is kind of cool. And so I just started researching. I started studying with um, IFM. I did some of their modules. I'm hoping to do Aviva Rahm's course in September, just, you know, continuing my education. And, and I think I don't really see a lot of, you know, qualified pharmacists talking, I mean, all pharmacists are qualified, but I mean, people talking about the medication, you know what I mean? Too, around this, around fertility for sure. Exactly. Yeah. And so I just 
decided that I wanted to share my story and help people. And I hope I help. I mean, of course, you know, imposter syndrome is huge and, and it can be lonely. I, I um, launched my first course this last January and six people signed up. So that's Yay, something I that's was happy. Amazing. Congratulations. Um, What's your course on? Um, it is called online fertility Academy. And so right now it's just like a broad, um, everything, but I have a course, a big module on there about medications. Um, but I'm really into, so I made this method called the hope plus method, and it's all about healing your body naturally and, and, and balancing hormones. Right. I mean, yeah. I feel like we just get put on birth control at a young age. I was, and we take it for years, hoping to not get pregnant. And then we stop and we're kind of just in a limbo. Right. And what women was your are actual diagnosis? Uh, it was just um, unknown. They okay. didn't have, they were about to do um, some look into endometriosis and it was like my third fail canceled cycle transfer. And at the last minute, the doctor was like, Hey, this looks good enough. Like your line, it's always my lining. So okay. I had, I think that's, and that, that cervical ectopic was a big game changer. Like I, I pretty much almost bled to death and I probably mm. should have lost my uterus, but my doctor was very smart. So unfortunately I had to, it was a really tough one. It's tough for me to talk about. It had a heartbeat, the baby, mm. and it was going to kill me if it went on. Mm. And I had taken Famara that round. I mean, we were trying very hard to have a baby. Um, but I had to do my doctor in Alaska in Anchorage, she was an RE, but she couldn't reproductive endocrinologist, but she couldn't do IVF there. Her husband was stationed in the military. So she was just working as an OBGYN. So I just luckily had her as an amazing doctor and she knew what she was seeing. Right. And I had hemorrhaged in the village. And then my husband put me on the next flight out and <clears throat> I was in the hospital for quite a while. And I did methotrexate, which is a medication that would help dissolve the pregnancy. They use it in rheumatoid arthritis and cancer, but it was a high dose. And then I had to take a drug every day in between called leucovorin. And leucovorin is a rescue medication. And so um, methotrexate depletes our folic acid in our body. And in order to not hurt my body, to replenish that every other day, I had to take this leucovorin. So I did that for about two weeks and it was rough. Um, and that's what catapulted me into IVF. Okay. Okay. And during those two weeks, were you in the hospital that whole time or were you able to be home? Well, so my home was in and Bethel 300 air miles away. So okay, I okay. stayed, I was in the hospital for a week and then they put me across the street in their hotel because my mental health wasn't doing great. And I think they knew I wouldn't run off. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, I called it hotel hell. So my husband and I oh. sat and we watched like every episode of, um, you know, those house HGTV, like the buying and selling yeah. of homes. It was awful. And I remember him taking me in for those injections. I had to get every other day and the doctor would come and she would see me and she was like, you need to get her out. Like she needs, so we would drive around Anchorage has beautiful homes, like million dollar homes up above in the mountains. And we would drive and look at these homes and yeah, it was hard. Yeah. And eventually I sent my husband home. I was there a month and I had a friend that just had a baby that lived there and she took care of me. So when the baby would nap, I would nap and then she would feed the baby. She would feed me and she took me to all my appointments. So I was really lucky to have that support system. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. And so let's talk a little bit about medications for people that are going through, whether it's, you know, whatever it is around fertility, what, what is something that people may not know about the medications. I think the one thing that people do know is when they sign up to do IVF or whatever, or maybe they don't know, actually, one of your biggest expenses is actually your medication. And we are getting to a point where insurance companies are paying, it's becoming more common than it was, let's say, 
even five years ago, but still I would say the majority of people don't have coverage for these medications. And hence the fact that they kind of say, hey, I have a little bit of gonalef. Does anybody need this or that? Um, So what can you tell us about the medications that someone's maybe using for fertility that we may not know? So around the cost wise, I would say, um, I tell everyone that one of my biggest tips is the gonal pens, you can save them. So the biggest bang for your buck is to get the bigger pen and then don't ever throw them away because you can draw them up. However, you have to be very careful because when you draw them up with an insulin syringe, one unit of insulin syringe does not equal one unit of gonal. There's a conversion. So you always need to talk to your provider or your nurse or your pharmacist, and they can tell you that and we and calculate that. Um, so do you think like for that specifically that the cost comes from the actual hardware of the pen mainly? And is that why it's so expensive? Like, why are these drugs so expensive? Uh, you know, that is the question of the year. I'd, it's, I hate to be political, but I feel like the drug companies, you know, they make them expensive because they know they can and people will pay mm-hmm. for it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough. I mean, I there's so many avenues you can go. There's grants. Of course, these are all, you know, income-based. There's grants you can apply for, scholarships. Some people have in their area. There's good RX, but still you're looking at what, $2,000 sometimes for one pen. Yeah. So it is, it's, and I worry about, you know, getting it from other people only because you don't know how they stored the medication. Did they keep it in the refrigerator? Is it actually what they're saying it is? Like, I just would worry about that. If it's your own pen and you do have extra, that's totally fine. Put it in the back of the fridge. Maybe not in the back. It might freeze in the door, put in the door. And, you know, but you always want to inspect your medication too. Make sure it's not cloudy. There's no particles. And if you ever have questions, just call. You, You can even just call the pharmacist at your CVS and they can help you. If they don't know, they can look it up. They should, you know, all pharmacists should be able to do that. Um, I had good luck with like looking online at specialty pharmacies and always call your insurance plan because some things will be covered. Like I know at the beginning, some of my ultrasounds were covered, some of my blood work as we went on, it wasn't, but it's always good to look into that. And I know I was so excited. I just, did you see Starbucks has started offering IVF on there. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. I love Starbucks. I know they have the best insurance. I remember when I first heard about Starbucks, it was from my, my dentist. She's like, they have the best dental insurance. All you have to do is work 20 hours a week. Um, you know, the part-time employees get these full amazing benefits. So I didn't know that. See, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I think something I would like to tell someone if they're just looking into IVF about the medication side is you're right. It is, it's its own full-time job. And I would recommend, you know, getting yourself organized, get out a binder. You know, I have my little, get a binder. Um, this is a podcast. I probably didn't need to show you that, but anyways, it's my teaching use. I'm used to, um, but you know, get a binder, get a folder put tabs in it, put, you know, medications, keep all your receipts. Cause we were able to actually hold off the medical expenses on our taxes that year. Okay. That's good to know. Such a high amount for us. Mm -hmm. And we kept all the travel receipts, you know, keep all of that. Um, and the next thing is, you know, the shots are intimidating, but they're not that bad. It's just your mind over matter. And I always like to tell people if you can involve your partner, that's huge because you know, they want to help. They want to be there. You're going through this, but they are too, right? Yeah. And so involved. Assuming them. they're not, you know, they're less squeamish than, than you are, right? Yeah. So sometimes they're more afraid of the needles. I know. You know, I joke, I, between my two, or I guess it was like four total rounds of everything by the time we got done, 
my best friend had given me a shot in Seattle in the back of her car while her husband waited outside. Um, my coworkers gave me shots. My husband gave me shots. I mean, I guess everyone, we did it in the airport. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, cause I did mine on my own. I, I always say if I could do it by myself as a single person at 36, you can do it. Cause I, it's not that I have this big fear of needles, but at the same time, you know, it's a little bit more awkward than having somebody do it for you. So just always keeping that in mind, you can do hard things. And if you want something bad enough, you can make it happen. And there's so many resources out there of tips and tricks of how to do it and what to do. And I remember the, the last time we were going to go down the road of potentially doing IVF again. And, um, where she did the circle on my like drew the permanent marker on my back and this is where you need to do it etc cetera, etc cetera. and then actually after that appointment with doing our blood work i found out that i was pregnant naturally from that so we didn't have to go down the road of that however you know they really do try to tee you up for success as much as possible and they're there to answer questions and everything so a lot of times i get clients that are like i they're so afraid of the whole process that they postpone it. And of course we know that age is not on our side in this particular situation in life. And then when they do it, they're like, oh my God, that was so easy. I wish I wouldn't have waited so long, you know, because you think that it's something that is so difficult. And for a lot of people, it's not that hard. For me, my body really reacted well. I didn't have any side effects. I didn't gain weight. I didn't have issues. Not to say that that doesn't happen for people, but at the same time, we have this idea that so much is going to go wrong because those are the people that generally share of like, look at all my bruises, look at all my weight gain, look at all this, you know, the people that come out unscathed and it was easy peasy, they don't generally share that to be like, oh, that was like a cakewalk, totally fine, you know? Um, and so keeping that in mind that it's, it's actually not as bad as you may think for most people. I love that. I never have thought about that, but you're right. And I look at my long journey. I think the journey before with all the miscarriages and ectopic pregnancies was way worse than the IVF portion, even though I did have disappointments, you know, too, but getting to that point. And I think just pulling the plug or, you know, the trigger on let's do IVF. It was almost to the point where I was like, well, no, let's wait. Let's wait until the doctor was like, no, this is dangerous. You, it was almost Mm -hmm. like I needed that permission in my head. I'm a perfectionist that you know, someone had to tell me that this isn't failing. This is just the next step. If that yeah. Makes yeah. So. And I think to, that is a great point that you bring up. Nobody wants to be like, that's the route I'm going to go down. Right. You always want to like, well, maybe we just try one more cycle naturally, or maybe we just, maybe it's going to work this time on our own, unless, you know, like I have block tubes or whatever it may be mm-hmm. until you do get that permission, so to speak, or you know that it's a life-threatening situation, or maybe it's a genetic issue or whatever, but there's no shame in this any longer. And the more that we talk about it, the more that we have the awareness in this. And because the other side of it, like you just said, the the losses, the this, the that, the, the drain and the mental heartache that it can take in your life, in order to just say, well, let's let's try IVF. You could avoid so much if you if you have that permission to go ahead and do this. And it's it's not an it's not an easy road. Like there are a lot of ups and downs, but at the same time, 
Like you don't need to keep banging your head against a wall of if maybe it's not working for you in the other direction, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I love that. And when I first started this, I was afraid to put myself out there a little. Um, I did have at the very, because I think in my journey, I always said, don't like, don't quit. Don't give up, never give up. Mm-hmm. And I kept telling myself that over and over and over. And I remember I did a reel with the, like, you know, my hands and saying all the miscarriages. And at the end, I had the girl, my babies at the end, you know, I hope to inspire with that. And I said, don't give up. And someone was like, that's toxic. You, you know, not everyone can afford IVF. Why would you do that? And I understand that. And I, I feel for that. And my heart is open for people like that. And, but, you know, I worked 23 days straight in cold Alaska to pay for it. I paid for it myself, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like if you really wanted that bad, people can make it happen. Not yeah. everyone can, but there, like I said, there is, there is resources too. Right. And, and uh, to your point again, Natasha, like people think that it's way more than it actually is. And you can break that up into payments. You There's loans, <laughs> there's grants, there's so much out there, there um, is. that is available. You just gotta do some digging and even some clinics. If you're paying cash, sometimes they give you a discount. So just have those conversations, but don't let that stop you because there are ways around that. And to your point, go get a part-time job at Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, no, Starbucks, that's know. great. Um, or, or work multiple jobs or whatever. Whatever it is that will fulfill your dream of having a family, because at the end of it, you don't want to look back and regret, like, I let the finances take over this situation when all you need to do is do a little due diligence and figure out where you can go to get help for it or what you can do to work extra or whatever. And I I get there may be situations for people that it's just not possible. Yeah, but have a conversation with Natasha, have a conversation with someone like me, we can brainstorm some things to see, like, is there something that maybe you haven't looked at yet that can be an option? Because that heartache that will follow you if you don't know that I've done everything I possibly can do will catch up to you at some point. So you want to just kind of make sure that you did everything you can. And maybe it's not IVF, maybe it's adoption, maybe it's yeah. something else. Um, there, there's a lot of ways to build your family now that are not necessarily conventional. So I think there's there's a lot of different ways to, to look into things. I have one client that they did, um, foster, they fostered two daughters and ended up being able to adopt them. So um, it, it can come about in a lot of different ways and to, to build your family. So don't give up hope on that. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think it's important to, I, I don't like to focus on the negative, but you have to remember, I feel like the trauma stays with you because I have, I think I did a post about anxiety this week and they can be sneaky and I have my babies. I have my, you know, everything I ever wanted, but there's still those days that those things creep up again. And I call it my slippery slope. So, you know, remember that and hold tight to that. Yeah, it is a real thing. I mean, you mentioned about bringing in the husbands and, you know, every time we see something on TV where it's um, the birth happening or like they're taking people to the hospital, I can see my husband physically changes because my situations for childbirth were not easy. Like two of the three were in NICU. So, and he was the one that had to deal with that. I had cervical issues. So it was are we going to have a hysterectomy and is she going to be okay and blood transfusions and those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. So the situation around the trauma 
let alone the miscarriages and all the other stuff that he's traumatized by too. But it does, it, it's an imprint on your heart that doesn't go away. Are we able to heal that? Of course we can heal it. And there's a lot of, I do psych K facilitation that helps tremendously with all of that. But at the same time, it's, it's on your heart. And that's where I think as a healer for you too, where we come to help other people to through their journey of fertility and, and coaching these other people to help them through their process, I think is really, you know, such a needed situation that I also didn't have when I was going through it. And um, it's not just for the women, it's for the men too, that have those, those memories of not, not the best, you know? Yeah. No, and I appreciate we with Bristol, my second baby, she was born at 32 weeks and we were in the NICU for two months too. I had preeclampsia. Mm. So oh, sometimes yeah. it just doesn't end. I feel like you can't I catch know. it right. <laughs> it's weird because you, you realize that like, it's such a fragile situation that once you go through it or you've had a fertility journey, it's so different than the person next door that like, I tried to get pregnant, I got pregnant right away and I had my baby and we had a natural childbirth and everything was easy. And like, it's, it could not be more opposite from the experience that somebody who's gone through these journeys knows. And it's weird because it's not necessarily naive, but in some ways it is. And I always say like, good for you, God bless. That's amazing that that was your experience. Unfortunately, that wasn't our experience. And so we do get triggered around different things and whatnot. And that's totally normal. If that's been your experience too, don't feel bad about that. You, you, that's, you only know what you know, and that's okay. But also know that you can heal that through different modalities and things. So if you do feel extra triggered or have that trauma with you, I would certainly say to seek someone out to get some help around that. Yeah, definitely. I read a great meta-analysis recently that said, um, it, they say the sweet spot is around six therapy sessions that will help, Yeah, um, but you have to, um, it's great to go and do like the mantras and the saying, but you need to learn tools. So you need everyday life things also and play with that to kind of move forward. And yeah, that's like where that. it's so, it, I love that because that really plays into the psych K that I do, because that is a reprogramming of your subconscious mind. And that's why people are like, I've been doing affirmations, you know, it's not working. Well, that's because it's your conscious mind. And we live in like two to 5% of our day to days in the conscious mind. So if we're saying these and your subconscious is like, yeah, but that's not true. Nothing's happening. Right. So we really bring the the process of psyche is bringing those two together so that your subconscious, your conscious mind, your right brain, left brain can come together in agreement of these new recordings, so to speak, in your brain, which would know like, okay, this, this is safe now, or I can do this. The imposter syndrome has gone away. All of these things in our mind that may be blocking us from doing what we need to do like go away because we're reprogramming the subconscious mind. And that's why, again, usually the talking about the feelings or doing the affirmations or the mantras or whatever, you need to do that in conjunction with the subconscious. So they're, they're in agreement together. Um, and it's such a beautiful experience. So I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, is there any, I mean, I know I said that we can have people find you on Instagram and on your website, but anything 
lastly that you can share with people, whether that's around your course or what you would love them to know, please share. Yeah, definitely. Um, you, like I said, you could find me at the fertilitypharmacist.com um, or on Instagram at fertility underscore pharmacist. I try my best to give, you know, really good tips and tricks. I'm working on getting some, it's hard. I want to do a lot more demonstrations with the medications, um, but I did IVF so long ago. I don't have any old medications. Yeah. yeah. So I've been reaching out to some drug companies, trying to get some demonstration pens and, and things to do some more like that. But, um, but yeah, just follow me and, and hopefully I can and help someone you know, even just one person feel better and, and know that it's okay, that, that there is help. There's people like you and I that were out there, shoot, shoot a message to me. And, and even if you just have a question about, you know, a drug interaction, I get, I think I get messages daily about metformin. That's the hard one. <laughs> yeah. Start That's from a, the very, a very common <laughs> topic these days. I yeah. Think. With the GI stuff, but yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for being here. I, I look forward to our past crossing again soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pretty Little Tribe podcast. Follow up on Instagram at the Pretty Little Tribe or at Elizabeth King underscore coaching for updates, resources, and a community to connect with. If you are looking for extra support and tools to guide you along your TTC and parenting journey, visit ElizabethKing.com. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast everywhere you're listening for a chance to receive a special gift. Visit elizabethking.com backslash pretty little tribe podcast for more information on how to enter any review counts. I just appreciate your honest feedback so I can provide you with the best support possible in your TTC and parenthood journey. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week.